الرحمن الرحيم عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليقل خيرا او ليصمت ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليكرم جاره ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليكرم ضيفه رواه البخاري ومسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وبعد The hadith is narrated by Abi Huraira رضي الله عنه and it's the 15th hadith in the 40 an-nawawiyya He says قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir He that believes in Allah and the last day Falyakul khayran awliyasmut Let him say something which is good or keep quiet Waman kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir And he that believes in Allah and the last day, فَلْيُكْرِمْ جَارَهُ He should have respect for his neighbor. He should respect his neighbor and be generous to his neighbor. وَمَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَلْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And he that believes in Allah and the last day, فَلْيُكْرِمْ ضَيْفَهُ He should be good to his visitor, his guest. He should be generous and respectful to his guest. In a different narration of this hadith, these three things are rearranged. The narration reads, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmi al-akhir, فَلَا يُؤْذِي جَارَهُ He that believes in Allah on the last day should not do bad things to his neighbor. وَمَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And he that believes in Allah on the last day فَلْيُكْرِمْ ضَيْفَهُ He should be good to his guest. وَمَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And he that believes in Allah on the last day فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَسْمُتْ Let him say what is good or keep quiet. Or arrange them the way they've been arranged in this hadith. He that believes in Allah and the last day. Before giving the command, the Messenger ﷺ mentions believing in Allah and believing in the last day. Because everything we do in Islam is attached to Allah. It's about getting closer to Allah. And it's also about the recompense on the day of judgment. The reward on the day of judgment. Everything we do. Our salah is about getting closer to Allah. And being rewarded on the day of judgment. Our zakat is about believing in Allah, getting closer to Allah, 
and the reward on the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا Meaning, he wants akhirah. And he tries his level best for akhirah. وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ And he is a believer. وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا He that wants akhirah and he tries his level best to attain the hereafter وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ and he is a believer فَأُولَٰئِكَ for those كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Their effort is appreciated and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward them on the day of judgment. So whatever you do, think of Allah Think of getting closer to Allah and think of the reward on the day of judgment. فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا Say what is good. أَوْ لِيَسْمُتْ Or keep quiet. The tongue is very dangerous because the tongue can affect all parts of the body. The majority of the people who will go to Jahannam or to the hellfire will go to Jahannam because of their tongues. Nothing else. In a hadith which will come later, the Messenger وسلم, says, Whoever is going to guarantee for me what is between their jaws, whoever guarantees for me what is between their jaws, which is the tongue, this is the upper jaw, the lower jaw, what is between them, the tongue. Whoever guarantees me what is between their jaws and guarantees me what is between their legs and what's between their legs is well known. I will guarantee them paradise. If you can promise me that you will take good care of what is between your jaws and take good care of what is between your legs, I will guarantee you paradise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, O ye who believe, Ittakullaha, fear Allah, Waqulu qawlan sadida, And say true speech, straight speech, good words. In fearing Allah, Ittakullaha, fear Allah. How do we fear him? وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Say things which are good, things which are right, no lies. If you do that, يُسْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ He's going to make your works righteous. If you keep your tongue, if you think about what you want to say, يُسْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ Allah is going to make your works righteous. I've spoken several times about al-mafhum al-mukhalafa. Mafhum al-mukhalafa means understanding the opposite. And we use it many times in the sharia. I always like to give the example of an examination. 
If the results come out and they stick the names of those who passed the exam on the notice board, if your name is not there, it means you also passed and it's coming later? What does it mean? It means you failed. If it says these are the names of the people who passed the examination, do we need another list that says these are the names of the people who did not pass the exam? Is there a need for another list? One list is enough. Anyone who is wise is supposed to understand if this list is for those who passed the exam, then those who are not on the list obviously did not pass the exam. The same here. Say some good words, good speech. Then your works are going to be good works, righteous good deeds. If you speak correct things, what is the meaning of that? If you don't speak correct things, if you do not look after your tongues, what will happen? What will happen? Here he says, if you say correct things, good things, yuslih lakum a'malakum. Allah is going to make your works good. Your works are going to be good works. Righteous good works. If you speak the truth, you will pray five times a day. If you speak the truth, you will give zakat. If you speak the truth, you will fast. If you speak the truth, you will do only good things. Then... If you don't speak the truth, what do you understand? What's the opposite? Liars will be bad people. People who do not speak good words are going to be bad people. Bad words lead you to crime. And they lead you to bad things. A Muslim cannot be a good Muslim if his words are not good words. The Messenger وسلم, said, Alaykum bisidq. You must always speak the truth. Because the truth is going to lead you to righteous good deeds. If you speak the truth, you will be a good man. You ever heard of anyone who said, he's a good man, and a liar? Is a liar a good man? A liar is a bad man. Everyone knows that. You ever heard of anyone who says he's a good man who backbites people? He who backbites people is a bad man. You ever heard of anyone who says he's a good man who insults his neighbors? The one who insults his neighbors is a bad man. People have already judged him. They said he's a bad man. Why? Based on his speech. If a person walked into this masjid, someone we do not know, someone we've never met, and he came in here and insulted all of us. Nothing else, just insult all of us. If you're asked to express your opinion, is he a good man or a bad man, you don't know him. Would you say, I can't say because I don't know him? What would you say? He's a bad man. Based on what? His speech. What comes out of the mouth is enough to tell you what is found in the heart. 
So alaykum bis sidq, speak the truth. فَإِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرْقِ وَلَا يَزَالُ الرَّجُلْ يَصْدُقْ وَيَتَحَرَّ الصِّدْقَ حَتَّى يُكْتَبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ صِدِّيقًا Then he warns sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إِيَّاكُمْ بِوَيَا إِيَّاكُمْ وَالْكَذِبْ بِوَيَا of lies فَإِنَّ الْكَذِبَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْفُجُورِ When you speak lies, when you tell lies, you will be a bad person. وَإِنَّ الْفُجُورَ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ And that's going to lead you to the fire. So before a person speaks, he has to keep quiet and ask himself, what am I uh, what I'm about to say? Is it good or bad? You will get one of three answers. Either it's an express good. You know, this is, this is something good. I have to say it. Then no problem. Go ahead and say it. Or the answer will be, this is something bad. Something which is going to hurt some people. Something which might backfire on me. You know, speech backfires. It has a tendency to backfire. That's why the scholars say, words, before you speak them, when they are inside of you, you are the master. You're the master of those words before they come out of your mouth. The moment they come out of your mouth, they become your master. And you are the slave because you already spoke. No one is going to hold you accountable for something you didn't say. But the moment it escapes your mouth, now you're the slave. And the words become the master because you already spoke them. So you ask yourself, if this is good, if this is not going to enslave me, speak it. If it's likely to turn you into a slave, where you're always worried, you know the problem is when you speak about someone and then later you hear the person wants to see you, the person you were speaking about, uh, slave. You start thinking, now here we go. You go there, the person is calling you for something else, you start revealing yourself. No, I only said, you become a slave of what you said. Each time you see the person looking, you know, like not happy with you, you start thinking, maybe he heard what, what, what we said about him, when actually Miss Keen, he doesn't even know what you spoke. How did you become a slave? You enslaved yourself the moment those words came out of your mouth. They became your master, and you became the slave. So the answer is going to be either, these are good words, I can speak them, there's no problem whatsoever, or the words are bad, they will enslave me, I shouldn't speak them, or I'm not sure. I want to say something, but I'm, I'm not sure how people are going to react to it. I want to say something to someone, but I'm not sure how the person is going to react to what I'm going to say. Is he going to like it, or is he going to hate it? What should I do? 
wa innal harama bayyin wa bainahuma mushtabihat la ya'lamuhunna kathirun minan nas halal is clear and haram is clear and there are some things in the middle which a lot of people do not know famanittaqa ash-shubhat if you stay away from them istabra'a li dinihi wa 'irdhihi you are safe waman waqa'a fi ash-shubhat if you fall into the shubhat waqa'a fi al-haram you fall into haram so don't just speak some people don't take even a minute to think about what they want to say anything that comes to their mouth oh this oh, you find yourself in trouble so man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir he that believes in allah on the last day falyaqul khayran let him say what is good aw liyasmut or keep quiet this should not be misunderstood some people turned silence into ibadah that's not the meaning of the hadith they turned silence into a form of ibadah if i speak to mamadu for example he can't speak to me because he's observing a certain kind of ibadah which is silence if i say assalamu alaikum simply say mm-mm, mm-mm. So why he is observing a kind of ibadah called silence that's not the meaning of the hadith the meaning of the hadith is keep quiet when you have nothing good to say but wa alaykum assalam is wa alaykum assalam an insult someone says assalamu alaykum you say i'm making ibadah of silence but wa alaykum assalam is something nice isn't it or reading quran is something nice or talking about allah is something nice so don't say because the sheikh said in the hadith falyaqul khayran aw liyasmut let him keep quiet i'm observing silence that is not in our sharia maybe in the older sharias where maryam alayha salam is told fa imma tarayna min albashari ahadan faquli inni nadartu lirrahman sawman falan ukallima alyawma insiya If you meet any human being say to them I'm fasting therefore I cannot speak to anyone to the to those people uh, keeping quiet was a part of fasting but for us keeping quiet is not part of our our fasting I also wanted to mention that previously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had said in the Quran Lillahi ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-ard وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهُ If you show what is in your heart what you're thinking about if you speak it out أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ or you hide it in your heart يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهُ Allah is still going to hold you accountable That was the situation in the beginning Meaning if you look at me and think this one is silly without without saying it Allah holds you accountable for that. Now, Jannah would be very very difficult if that were the situation. Because there's so many ugly thoughts that go through our minds. If everything we thought about were to be exposed, you would be shocked. What runs through the minds of of people. Then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to lighten that burden for us. Whatever goes through your mind if you don't speak it 
Allah will not hold you accountable. Whatever, whatever is in your mind, whatever you're thinking about me, if you don't say it, Allah is not going to hold you accountable. So meaning, if I think about someone, I think he's silly and I think he's whatever, whatever I think of him, Allah will not hold me accountable so long as I do not speak it or act upon it. And logically speaking, if you think evil about me, is, is that going to harm me in, in any way if no, no one knows about it? It doesn't affect me. It only affects you, not me. So whatever evil thoughts you might have about someone, try not to think ill of people, of course, but whatever evil thoughts you may have about a person, just make sure you don't speak them out. Say nothing. The moment it escapes your mouth, you are held accountable. Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir, faliyakul khayran, awl yasbud. Then he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir. And he that believes in Allah on the last day, faliyukrim jara. He should be respectful to his neighbor. This is something I mentioned in one of the previous lectures. And Rasulullah says in another hadith, to make zina with ten women, to make zina with ten women is better than to make zina with the wife of your neighbor. To go on, I'm not saying it's okay to make zina with ten women. It's haram. It's haram. But to make zina with ten women would be better than making zina once with your neighbor's wife. And he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Akhbiruni anisarika. Tell me about stealing. They said, Ya Rasulullah, it's haram. He says, Yes, it's haram. But to steal from ten houses is better than stealing from your neighbor. That's how grave it is. The neighbor is very, very important. Rasulullah was asked about Al-Kaba'ir, the major sins. He mentioned Ashirku Billah. And one of the things he mentioned was Antuzaniya Halilata Akhik. To make zina with the wife of Halilata Jarik. To make zina with the wife of your neighbor. That's grave. And you know, it's not the same feeling. Obviously, zina is bad and it feels bad, but the feeling is not the same if your closest friend made zina with, with your wife. That's, that's a different feeling altogether. It's a massive betrayal. And that's what happens in our, in our societies. The man you trust the most, the man you consider to be your brother, your neighbor, is the one who does such a thing to you. You go to town, no one, no one steals your, your shoes in town. And then you come to your brothers at the, at the mosque, 
you're Muslim brothers, and they take your shoes. It's a shame, isn't it? It reminds me of what that sheikh was saying, the sheikh from, from Uganda, you remember? He says this man uh, uh, had a bicycle, and he uh, took the bicycle to a bar to drink beer. He drank and found his bicycle intact, and then he comes with the same bicycle to the mosque to go and pray. When he comes out, the bicycle is gone. Subhanallah, at the bar, no one stole my bicycle, and I come to the mosque, and my bicycle is stolen. Ahok al-Muslim, your Muslim brother, is the one making zina with, 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 with your wife. Something the Ajani, the other people far away haven't done. It's a betrayal. He has to have respect for his, for his neighbor. One time Rasulullah was standing, explaining something to someone. And a certain Sahabi who comes to him because he wants to ask him a question. And then the Messenger took so long with this man. He kept talking and talking and talking. And the Messenger brother, the Sahabi radiallahu anhu was waiting. Now, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. I was saying the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was speaking to this man for a long time, and this Sahabi radiallahu anhu was waiting for the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam to finish talking to this man, and he continued for a long time. When the man finally left, this Sahabi went to the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said, "Ya Rasulullah, he took a lot of your time. I've been standing here for a long time waiting to ask a question. Who is that man?" The Messenger وسلم, said, that was Jibreel. He was giving me advice about the neighbor for such a long time that I thought he would give him a share in the inheritance. Jibreel وسلم, kept emphasizing the importance of a neighbor to the point where the Messenger وسلم, thought that he would give him, meaning giving the neighbor, a portion in the inheritance. Then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَمَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And he that believes in Allah on the last day, فَلْيُكْرِمْ ضَيْفَهُ He should be good to his guest, and he should be generous to his guest. The scholars of Islam say, the first night that the visitor comes to your place, it is wajib, for you to show them generosity to the best of your ability. Provide them with food, provide them with a place to sleep, and entertain them. The second night is also wajib. Provide food, provide a place to sleep, provide what you can, be generous to them, and the third night. After three nights, it's no longer wajib. It becomes mustahab. It's just something likable. It's not wajib on you to provide food and provide uh, a place to sleep and to entertain them. Why? Because obviously 
after three days the visit, I should go home. Not so. Yeah, he's expected to leave after, after three days. After three days, it simply becomes mustahab. It's no longer wajib on you. It can't go on for one month and two months and three months. And even the wajib, it's not always wajib to uh, provide a visitor with food, a place to sleep, unless it only becomes wajib if in that area there is no place to sleep. A place where he can pay money and, and sleep. Or a place where he can buy food and eat. If there is such a place, there's a place where he can pay uh, some money, like a guest house, and sleep, and a place where he can buy food, and he's able, then it's not wajib on, on anyone to host him, but mustahab, something which is likable. If you host him, alhamdulillah, that's a very good thing, and you'll get a reward, but it's not wajib. But if there is no such place, there's no way for him to sleep, and there is no food for him to eat, it becomes wajib that someone must host him. And obviously, the farad becomes farad kifaya. If one person does it, then the ithm is lifted off the shoulders of everyone else. Obviously, we don't all need to host him. If a visitor comes, let me give an example, he comes to this mosque, right? What's his situation? Does he have some money and he could sleep in some guest house? And does he have enough money to buy some food for himself? If he does, I could host him or I could choose not to host him because he's able to look after himself. If he doesn't have, it becomes wajib to host him, but on whom? On whom? On the Imam? No? Any person. If someone hosts him, then the sin is lifted off the shoulders of everyone. But if no one hosts him, and there is no place for him to sleep, and no food for him to eat, then everyone has sinned. I think you understand my point. If he comes, and he has some money to spend, we can show him uh, a good guest house where he can sleep, where he can buy some food. If he doesn't have, then it's wajib on us to host him. If, for example, Sheikh Sulaiman decides to host him, alhamdulillah, all of us, the scene is lifted off our shoulders, but Sheikh Sulaiman is going to make a reward which all of us haven't made. But if we all decide to disappear after Salah, he came at Isha, for example. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa wa Each one disappears in this direction, that direction, and this man doesn't have a place to sleep. He doesn't have food to eat. Then all of us, na'atham. The sin is on our shoulders, all of us, because no one tried to host him. So the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, has mentioned three important things. And these things, if we follow them, man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir, falyaqul khayran awli yasmut. When you keep quiet, you don't harm anyone with your words. You're supposed to be good to your, to your neighbor. You're supposed to respect your neighbor. He should be respectful to his guest. He should be generous to his guest. Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, 
says when you add this, this hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to qawluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi none of you is a believer until he loves for his brother ma yuhibbu li nafsihi what he loves for himself and add to these two hadiths qawluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min husni islam al-mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'nihi the best Islam of a person is to live alone things which do not concern him. So, you do not meddle in things that don't concern you. You don't say things which are bad. You respect your neighbor. You respect your visitor. And you love for your brother what you love for yourself. What kind of a Muslim are you going to be? Just try to imagine. A very good Muslim. Just with these three ahadith. The Messenger وسلم, was given Jawami'ul Kalim. These are short ahadith. But our lives revolve around this ahadith. Man kana yu'minu billahi wal akhir. Especially the tongue. Especially the tongue. The hadith is coming. Where the Sahabi radiallahu anhu says, Ya Rasulallah, wa nahnu mu'akhadhuna bima natakallamu bihi. Is Allah going to hold us accountable for what we say? He says, Taqilat ummah. Are people going to be dragged into the fire except for their tongues? It's the tongue that's going to drag the majority of us into the fire. And the tongue corrupts the body. The tongue corrupts the heart. And also couple it with the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, Guarantee for me what is between what? Between your two jaws, the upper jaw and the lower jaw, which is the tongue. And guarantee for me what is between your legs. أَفْمَنُ لَكَ الْجَنَّةِ And I will guarantee for you paradise. أَقُولُ مَا تَسْمَعُونَ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ الْعَظِيمَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَلِسَائِرِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ فَهُوَ أَهْلُ التَّقْوَى وَأَهْلُ الْمَغْفِرَةِ سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك ونشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين نعم تفضل